0: Yeah, I gotta say I'm really proud of you buddy for taking this leap and traveling. You just sound uh you sound so much more I guess you could say chilled out.
1: Yeah, you sound more confident and less uh less Jewy. <laughs> itunes you know we've actually got a website now you know, we joked about it before redpillgen.com yes. check out my article five reasons why i'm not friends with girls i know people i know i remember the joke that i made last time <laughs> which was like i know people are gonna hate me for that but fuck you if you do <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. no i'm kidding uh yeah and we're here you know co hosts sexy man in Barcelona, jew boy test right He's half naked right now, sitting in a hostel bed, having conversations. With I'm half about, naked just for you. Having just conversations you. with uh, hostel mates about. I know you love it so much. About art and
2: Pamplona, <laughs> and
1: running with the bulls. <laughs> and then uh, third co-host.
0: Yeah, is a uh, white boy, aka Ashcroft. Ash, whatever you want to call me. I'm also a regular poster on the Red Pill Generation. So you can read some of my posts like, confidence cannot be learned, which, you know, spoiler alert, it can be learned. So read my article. And uh, we are joined today by. Uh, I already talked to, already introduced Tess. Yeah, yeah, but we're, what we're going to be talking about is travel. Yeah. Uh, you, you still with us, Tess?
1: I think we're experiencing some technical difficulties.
0: Oh, no, Tess.
2: You (sighs) have to turn off your video.
0: Oh, okay. Uh, Yeah, like I can I can hear you fine. Are you there?
2: Yeah, it's just that you guys were really blurry. And I was trying to wait till you stop talking so that we could cut it. And I can say, turn off your video and then go back. But anyways.
1: So, yeah, uh, basically, we're struggling with technology right now. And uh, Tess is in Spain for real is in Europe and it's a Skype interview. So the quality is not going to be amazing, but uh, you can get through this. Just listen to us and be comfortable, get your lube ready. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Lube up your ear holes for
2: another dose of the red pill. All right. Since when are we talking about ear sex?
0: (laughs) Well, I don't don't know how your story is going to go, so I'm just setting this up. But um, just so our audience knows, This episode, is uh, we're going to be talking about travel, Uh, more specifically Tess's travel, as he's gallivanted across uh, Eastern Europe, or Western Europe, whichever, yeah,
1: Western Europe Europe. and South.
0: Yeah, and uh, he's going to be talking about his adventures, his stories, and giving some advice to the young guys out there who are looking for an excuse to uh, jump abroad for a little while. So, uh, I think to start it off, Tess, you have a story you want to tell us about a certain raunchy night in Barcelona.
2: Barcelona. Absolutely, in Barcelona. Uh, Okay, so let me start again. So, uh, I got to Barcelona about three days ago, and before that, I'd been in Ibiza. And I had to catch a flight at a quarter to eight in the morning. I woke up at 4.30 in the morning to get to the airport and get through security. So by the time I actually got to Barcelona, I was running on one hour of sleep. I didn't this do anything is, the first day. This I is from Ibiza? Slept. Yeah, this is from Ibiza. Yeah. Um, but the next night, I was like, all right, fuck this. I have to go out. And what I was originally planning to do was to actually take out a girl. Because my first night, even though I was dead, um, my hostel had this free paella night. And paella is just a traditional Spanish dish with rice and uh, meat. Um and rice and what, was, what was the last one? Rice and meat. Rice okay. and meat. Right. Um, and I had met this really fucking sexy Asian girl, Vietnamese girl from Australia, who had, <laughs> excuse me, really really fucking big tits. And there's two things that really attracted me to her, I other had, than obviously her body. Kangaroo was... joke. <laughs> <laughs> I
1: had a horrible kangaroo joke. I was like, did you jump into her? pouch (laughs) (laughs) we
2: don't
1: want to jump ahead in the story i definitely wanted
2: to i definitely wanted to um but uh she she was actually an engineer but she's also traveling doing surfing she was just hopping from city to city where the surf was good so you can imagine how her body looked considering how much she 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 had that
1: surfer body
2: she had that surfer body so, like, really thin, but again, she had curves in the right places, so I was like, holy shit. Anyways, my plan was to actually take her out and go dancing, and uh, I messaged her, I got her Facebook, and she seemed to be down. But um, after I was kind of, like, prepping and getting ready, she told me to come to her hostel, and I'm like, okay, I don't know what's going on, but fuck it, I'll go. And it turned out she was drinking with a bunch of people, so I'm like, alright, whatever, I'll pre-drink. And then, you know, we'll go out to the club, and then I'll mack on her and see what happens. Uh, we pre-drink, and during this, she lets loose that she has a boyfriend. So then I change my plan again. I'm like, all right, fuck it. I'll meet other girls, and I'll see what happens with this girl. But my primary focus will be other girls who don't have boyfriends, so I don't have to deal with that shit. Because it's just another added barrier. But anyways, it's a good time drinking with a bunch of people from uh, two hostels that are nearby in Barcelona. And We head out. It's, it's a very multicultural group. It's Canadians, it's Australians, uh, someone from Chile. That's lots and lots of people. It's a good time. And we go to a club that's on the beach in Barcelona called Choco. And the awesome thing about... There's a line of clubs in Barcelona on the beach. The awesome thing is you can go into the club and you can get a stamp and these clubs again are right on the beach so you can exit the club walk around on the beach and then you can actually go back into the club so you can go from club to beach to club to beach which is pretty pretty cool so you just basically
1: you can bounce you can bring chicks out and hang out on the beach and go back into the club
2: yeah and uh, lots of people bang on the beach as well lots of people bang on
1: I mean obviously but like not like what not out in the open like that no or later on. well it's
2: it's a bit hidden yeah Yeah. they find places where it's a bit hidden but it's a very very big full spot Okay. Like, I've heard multiple stories and stuff, so it's it's pretty well known. Um, but anyways, I so walk in, really fun time, just dancing, I'm talking to a bunch of chicks. I met chicks, actually the first chicks I talked to were from Texas, a chick from Brazil. Um, uh, I can't even remember all the countries these girls were from. I actually, randomly, when I was walking on the beach with a guy, I met two girls who were from... I think the island was called Ubuti, but they were living in Ottawa, which was very surprising to me. And it was very hilarious because there were these two chicks, and I started talking to the one I really liked. My friend that I made, who's actually from Montreal, was talking to the, another girl, another girl's friend. He was doing fine with her, but me, I'm talking to this girl, and this guy comes up who had actually been talking to her before, and I was kind of quote unquote stepping on his territory. So it's kind of like a fight between this girl and the guy goes away, then he comes back, he goes away, he comes back, until he actually like tries to grab the girl and pull her away. And eventually I'm just like, ah, fuck this. It's just, this guy has his teeth so deep into this girl, he's not gonna give up. So I'm just like, all right, fuck this. And I walk away, I'm like, you guys enjoy your sex. And I walk away with my friend and I go back into the club. Um, so I'm dancing with my friends, it's a good time. We go on the beach, and what I found out was uh, a few of these guys had gone to score coke because it's really easy to find whatever you want on the beach. There's all these guys walking around, selling one dollar beers. They sell water, and then they sell all sorts of drugs. So you can get coke, speed, MDMA, $1 whatever you job. want. Yeah, you, you probably get that. And the ridiculous thing is, I go ahead, don't fifty cents. Yeah. No, it's ridiculous because the price for, <laughs> excuse me, the drugs there are so much cheaper than what you'd pay in the U.S. or Canada. Like, the same amount of, I was asking, or these guys were telling me, the same amount of Coke that costs 50 euro, which is about 75 to 90 dollars, would be 300 dollars back in Canada. Okay. It's pretty nuts. Um, but of course, you have to know what you're doing because the quality. So is all bad.
1: you coke addicts listening to the podcast, Yeah. Go to Boston. Uh,
2: <laughs> well, there's a reason. There's a reason why I'm leading into this. So let me keep going. Yep. Um, so these guys, a few of them went to score coke, and they seem to be having a good time. But one thing I actually wanted to point out, and me and um, me and Cafe Mocha, we've talked about this a few times, but. Sometimes when you haven't been out a while, you kind of drink and you're hoping that, you know, it will alleviate the anxiety so that you don't have to you know, worry too much about talking to girls. But the thing is, the fear is still there. Alcohol doesn't really you know, take it away. It might take the edge off a bit, but it's still going to be there. And there was this guy who he was drinking and he's like, hey, let's talk to girls. And I'm like, OK, um, I'm going to talk to these girls Come in after me. He didn't come. Then I'm like, why don't you go talk to these girls? He doesn't go. And then he comes back and he's chipping on coke. And then he's like, oh man, let's go talk to some girls. And I'm like, all right, just go and I'll come in after you. And he doesn't go. <laughs> he's, he's so scared. I, I just felt bad for him because of all the stuff that was going on in his head. And obviously he really wants to talk to girls. And he's willing to you know, use substances to try and get over it. But he just can't get over it. So lesson learned. Even if you use substances, that does not mean you can get over your fear of talking to people. You just have to accept it and go for it. But, anyways, we're hanging out on the beach, having a good time, and this idea starts floating in my head. Maybe I should try coke, because why the fuck not? So, these guys are walking around, and they actually are trying to get more coke, but some of them had some left over, and... I think at this point it was five of us. Some people had left, five or six of us, and they're like, "Yeah, we'll just we'll spread it evenly. It's no big deal." I'm like, "Ah, fuck it, whatever. Yolo, might as well do it." Um, so, what ended up happening was it was one gram of coke split into six and it was six lines. But usually, when you do coke, you do three times the amount that was laid out. So I think. Usually you do 0.33 grams, and what was laid out was about 0.1 or something. And in my head, I'm like, I have no idea what the fuck I'm doing. I don't know how to start fucking drugs. Um, so I was asking these people for advice and, like, what's the word? Instructions, Instructions. about how to do this? They just say fuck,
1: man. Just <laughs> <Should> the fuck <laughs> up and Do you want it? I'm going to do it. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. It's
2: funny because there's actually a way to do it. They're like, okay, you have to just blow out all the air first and then take a big big sniff in just do one sniff and that's it make sure you don't spit out anything there are all these little guidelines but i'm like all right fuck it yellow. so i do my line of coke and then i'm like all right what's gonna happen what's gonna go on
1: where did you and do my line of coke off uh, any the fucking surfer chicks ass i think it,
2: it was off <laughs> a uh, <laughs> it was off a credit card actually <laughs> yeah um but all they told me was with the line that i did you know you'd have a bit of a kind of energy boost but you wouldn't be chipping so hard so I'm like alright let's see what happens because at this point I was pretty much falling asleep we had gone to the club at one thirty because on and the Nightlife only gets good at 1.30 or 2 and luckily enough we got to skip the line because one of the Australian guys got a promoter to get us in which is pretty sweet um, but after about 20 minutes or so I started feeling like more energetic. It wasn't anything too crazy, nothing was, like tripping off MDMA or something, but it definitely gives you an energy boost. And the night ended up where we were all chilling out on the beach and we actually got to watch the sunrise, which was pretty cool. Um, and then I actually ended up seeing a random girl walking by the beach, Russian girl who I went to talk to uh very positive girl very fun and we were talking after five minutes i tried to make out with her she gave me the uh the turn of the head and i was like okay fuck it whatever and it's funny because you know uh how do you describe it but you know when you're a quote-unquote nice guy and the girl's like oh he's not gonna fuck me right yeah yeah so at this point i kind of saw this girl's you know, head cast switch because she's like, oh, are those your friends over there? Maybe we should go talk to them. Like, oh, now I'm kind of worried because this guy might fuck me. And I'm like, all right, fine, let's go. No big deal. So we end up hanging out. And for this girl, I got her Facebook. Uh, and we are going to hang out. We might go on a date with her. We'll see what happens. But it was a pretty epic night. Very fun. Very drunk. I got home at about seven in the morning and had maybe four hours of sleep. But yeah, epic night. Nice. And that was my first night out in Barcelona.
1: First night out in Barcelona, first time doing Coke. Yeah. Yep. But again, not the
2: You better not the normal amount of Coke. Yeah. (laughs) Not the uh normal amount of Coke. But yeah.
0: Yeah.
1: I wonder if I'd do Coke. Would you do Coke?
0: Uh, I've been offered it a couple times. I haven't done it.
1: Kind of... I think the context would have to be, I'm in Barcelona or something. You yeah, know. it w- it would have to be part of the adventure. It'd have to be romantic yeah. in some way. Yeah, but way okay, to you've my told my me
2: that. Okay, up? you've told me that you won't do anything. because well, uh... I
1: mean, that's the thing. Is like, I, it, like if it's not something that's gonna fucking alter my reality of perception <laughs> of life. Yeah. I, no I offense
2: but it, it's drugs they're going to alter your reality no yeah, matter what. I think uh, Mocha over here is a
1: uh, dangerous case. <laughs> <where> <laughs> been, uh, I just end just up like I just end be, up like I'm going to swim back home to Africa. <laughs> 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 I jump into the ocean and just yeah. fucking drunk <laughs>
0: Yeah. yeah. Let, let's just say that in his past uh, he has had Very bad experiences with marijuana. The uh, oh my god, the least powerful of all the drugs out there, I think. Jesus, grab the wheel. (laughs) (laughs) He made him go a little bit crazy. So we uh, we do not we keep the drugs away from this guy.
1: I don't. You don't have to keep them away. I run away from (laughs) them. Every time I see people doing, I'm like, um, I have to leave. Yeah, sorry, man. It's sorry, just, guys. Uh, it's not cool, bro. My, my mom told me I have to get home soon. <laughs>
2: yeah, except except when you use them as stories to pick up chicks.
1: As sto- stories to pick up? Oh, wouldn't I have remember?
2: Any? No, remember the Turkish girls from yeah, Maddie? You
1: goaded me into that. So I didn't want to tell that. Story. <laughs> I didn't want to tell that story, man. He's like, hey, man, cafe. Why don't you tell them about the time when you're? I'm like, I don't want to fucking talk about this. <laughs> you yeah, had
0: like this traumatic experience.
1: Yeah, <laughs> like no, I don't want to, It's embarrassing. <laughs> say it
0: Tess you it's just, embarrassing man. It, it ends and they're like man what a pussy what a pussy exactly <laughs> like fucking yeah
2: um, except we ended up going on a double date with them so I think it worked out yeah
1: whatever <laughs>
0: oh, alright <laughs> right. you didn't tell
1: me that
2: part cafe um
1: we didn't bang those chicks man nah so it doesn't not nah. alright it's
0: okay you, you still tried. but uh Tess I want uh I want you to tell us a little story about um uh, actually, not really a story. Like maybe, maybe you can tell a couple of our uh, hundreds of listeners out there,
1: thousands possibly. <laughs> if We you how to track the analytics. More like forty. 40, 40 <laughs> or so. Which isn't bad, actually. Yeah, it's alright. Forty subscribers.
0: Maybe you can tell them about, uh, like, you traveled. You originally were with uh, with one of our buddies. Uh, we'll figure out a name for him later. But uh, what's his what's his race? His race. It's uh, Persian.
1: So we'll call him uh, Persian pussy. No, i <laughs> right. Well, we'll,
0: we'll, just, we'll just call the Persian. The Persian. Uh, Persian. But uh, maybe you can tell us about uh, what it's been like right. solo traveling. Uh, like, I, I know that we've uh, we've all read Dead, Bad, in Paraguay, which is... By Rushvi. Yeah, by Rushvi plug in the podcast. It's uh, for all those who don't know. It's a book about his travels through South America.
1: Return of Kings. Get at me, bro. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Reply to <with> our messages.
1: <laughs> uh, Except my story. <laughs>
0: but it's uh, it's a book about uh, Roush as he's traveling through South America. And what's great about this book is it tells a lot about the negatives of uh, traveling by yourself, like the loneliness. Like the getting sick, like little things like that, that are really mentioned in these glorified travel books. So maybe you can give us a little recount on uh, how it's been traveling solo for the past, uh, I think, month and a half for you.
2: Yeah, absolutely. So uh, traveling solo, there are a lot of pros and cons. The pros are that you can do whatever the fuck you want. You're not answering to anyone. If you decide you want to change your plans, you can go for it. If you want to sleep in one day, it doesn't matter. You know, it's your trip. You make it your way. You do whatever you want. That's great. The cons are that if anything happens, you know, you get lost. um, You can't find something. You don't know what's going on. Anything like that, you're dealing with yourself. You have to build up a lot of independence, but at the same time, if you're walking around at one in the morning, you're trying to find where you're staying. You're having problems. It can get pretty stressful, and sometimes it's pretty dangerous, you know. Especially when you're carrying around thirty pound backpack, you're you're kind of an open target, right? So there's a bit of stuff you have to worry about. Now, have you
1: experienced anything uh, along the lines of something getting stolen or somebody some like meeting sketchy people? Like, have you experienced anything like that so far?
2: Um, I've lost stuff, but mostly it's because of my own stupidity or my own tiredness. Like when I was going on a train from Salzburg to Munich, I left my jacket on the train, my jacket and a sweater just because I was tired. I forgot it, yeah. but I've never had anything stolen. But when it comes to sketchy people, there's sketchy people everywhere. Like I was saying in Barcelona, all these people walking around the beach who, you know, they're like cold beer, like, they say in a really loud voice, cold beer, cold water, and under their breath, they say, anti-may, cold shrooms, whatever. You know, <laughs> those people are sketchy. Yeah, it is what it is. You just have to, you know, learn how to deal with it. Actually, one example I can give is uh, when I was going from Milan to... I think it was Milan to Marseille, I needed to buy a metro ticket. And there are a lot of these guys in Milan who wait by the... Uh, subway subway machines where you buy your tickets and they try to buy tickets for you and if you're an unassuming tourist you don't understand what's going on and then what happens is you pay for something and they might actually try and steal your ticket or take your money from you Mm -hmm. Um, so that actually and I just when the guy was trying to push the button on the machine I swatted his hand away I'm like no like no and the guy the guy was flabbergasted because most tourists don't do that and he tried to like make fun of me. I just stared him down, and he walked away. So you kind of have to look like you know what you're doing, and look like you know where you're going, because then you're not really an open target. Yeah. No. Now, okay, so one, yeah. so
0: you're talking about um, your, uh, the solo other thing is, or oh yeah, like keep going
2: on about yeah, that dangerous yeah. stuff. Yeah. So yeah, so the thing with traveling alone is. Well, when you're traveling with someone, you always have someone you can have go back to. It's kind of like a security blanket. Because one of the things is that sometimes when you're traveling alone, you start to miss home, get homesick. But if you have a good friend who's from back home, you're kind of, you never feel super homesick. You might want to call some more friends. You might want to call your family. But you still don't feel that same homesickness. If you have something that's constantly there, you know, it's something psychological. Oh, I have something familiar. So, I don't feel that bad. But the difference when you're traveling alone is that if you don't get out of your, if you're really, if you have a lot of social anxiety, you will be a big issue. So, for me, um, when I've been in hostels, it's been okay. But for example, when I've been in more hotel situations where it's not as easy to meet people, I've had like a really big mood change. And it's been really shitty. Even when I tried to kind of, um, you know, meet people outside, it's been very hard to break out of a shell because you're in a foreign country, you don't speak a language, and it can be very tough to meet people. Whereas in a hostel, if you can just put yourself out there, you're just like, hey, where are you from? Where are you going? how long are you here? It's pretty easy to meet people. So, but then um, the, because the, other thing
1: the other side of that is like, I guess when you're in the hostel, you know, you have, immediately you have friends, but... Or at least acquaintances but then you don't you lack the privacy and then uh when you get to your apartment you have the privacy but then you lack the yeah. immediate yeah, yeah, social it's... circle but uh you, so you didn't try that uh, my suggestion which would be like spend two three your first two or three days depending on how long you're in the city obviously but spend your first two or three days in a hostel and then move into an apartment yeah
2: actually i totally forgot about that suggestion about why um but one thing is that uh, I lost
1: my train of thought. Oh, you were t- talking, <laughs> like talking about being in hostels versus uh, being in, in, in uh, hotels and your mood changing.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So when you're in the apartments, it's, well, when you're in hostels, you see everyone's doing stuff, everyone's going out, everyone's drinking. So you kind of get into that mindset of drinking, having fun, everyone's going out. It, you kind of get... But when you're in an apartment, especially when you've been traveling for a while, you can very easily fall into the oh I don't need to do that much. Oh, I don't really want to push myself to get out, right? It's much harder to uh, To get yourself going Compared to for example, if you're traveling with someone you have go off each other to push yourself You're like, oh, I'm in a different city. I shouldn't be wasting my time just staying inside Um, So it really depends
1: It really depends. Tess.
2: Hello. Sorry, what was? That? Depends.
1: Yeah. Yeah, you you kind of cut off there.
2: Oh, sorry about that. It's uh, it just really depends um, because if you're traveling for a long time, your mood fluctuates depending on you know what's going on, how much you've been partying, how much you've been doing during the day, who's around you. It's uh, it's a very complex microenvironment. It's put that way.
1: Yeah, no, it's interesting because if you think about it, like um, from a game perspective, right? Like uh, a lot of times, you, you want to start going out by yourself. You want to start gaming by yourself. And when you're initially gaming by yourself, you don't have your wingman around you, and and a lot of the the part of having friends around you and wingmen is is the support aspect. Where if I go and approach a chick and I get rejected, I come back and I joke about it with my friends, or I talk about it with uh, your buddies, and they make it seem like yeah, it's not that big of a deal, right? Whereas when you're by yourself, everything just becomes a little bit tougher. Like you have to give you you have to have that mental uh, game. You have to have that self talk where you come back and say yeah you know it's not that big of a deal i can meet other people and you have to hype yourself up as opposed to you know being inspired by your friends and i think that's that's a big part of traveling by yourself is that yeah you have to be mentally yeah
2: stable oh. in that sense yeah i give some actually i'll give some stories about that um when i was in Prague, i didn't meet anyone really the first night i was there but i really wanted to go out so i went out by myself to a club nearby and it was really intimidating yeah. because I've gone out by myself in Toronto, but never in a foreign city. And I just I was like, wow, this is this is really scary. And then I think about I was actually kind of thinking about what you always say, Mocha, which is if you are scared of something, that means you're growing, you're pushing your comfort zone. So that's a good thing. And what I ended up doing was I just talked to these I random that was Czech my, guys, that was and my I made those my quote. <laughs> yeah
1: how do you not reference uh, what do, do
2: you, you mean you I mean? said I just said that I didn't hear you I'm yeah. distracted there's Beg. a fucking hip hop music playing Listening. right now
1: that's distracted and I'm wondering if it's if the mic is picking it up right now uh, that's fine <laughs> yeah.
2: okay so. Um, right so I've made friends with these random Czech guys and I was thinking like oh, I'll just talk to people again in social mode and then I went to talk to these two girls and I learned my lesson because I called one of the Czech guys in to talk to the girl, but he didn't know anything about what he was doing. He had uh, no game, so it ruined everything, unfortunately. And that's when I realized I'm like, either I gotta have someone who knows what they're doing, or I just gotta do stuff by myself. That's it. It's still really, really scary. But sometimes you, sometimes I can get out of my head. But for example, I went out to a mega club in Ibiza. Um, but I just wasn't feeling that good, and honestly, I, I spent the whole night in my head. I just couldn't do anything. I was enjoying the music and stuff, but I just I couldn't talk to anyone, and it sucks. Um, now, when you are at home and you have your wingman that you always go out with, that's cool, because you, you kind of have that dynamic going, you're, you're in a familiar place, you always kind of go to the same bars, usually, so you know what's going on, but that totally changes when you're alone. So I don't know. It's, it's kind of inconsistent. That's what I've seen on this trip. The mood is inconsistent. Confidence is inconsistent. It just, it's kind of, it is what it is. And a lot of the times that can suck because you want to do stuff and you just don't have the energy or the charisma to do it, but it's something you have to accept.
1: What about the, the talk about like the novelty of, uh, you know, people when they think about traveling, they think about seeing different cultures, seeing the different uh, historical, you know, l- landscapes and and historical places. How much of that do you care about at this stage? Is it a big deal anymore, or is it just kind of like once you've seen the Louvre, once you've seen, you know, Buckingham Palace and and a bunch of all these other places that they, they they all kind of have the same feeling, and you don't really care about them as much.
2: Yeah, uh, the it's kind of unfortunate. And it's, it's something I realized. when I, I started off in London, which was about two months ago. And in London, I took a shitload of pictures. And I also went to a lot of touristy stuff. And then towards the end of my trip, I started either just hanging out in parks or hanging out with people in my hostel or just not doing anything because the tourist stuff has less and less of a pull. A lot of stuff just blends together. Like in Paris, for example, there's a famous cathedral called the Cathedral de Notre Dame and it's, it's beautiful, it's See amazing. Say that
1: again ten times.
2: What? <laughs> why am I supposed to say it ten times?
1: It's, it's a long, complicated it's a fucking, Yeah. Wait, is
0: that the one at the top of Montmartre? Mar- uh,
2: no, no, that's uh, Sakleka. Okay. Say that again yeah. ten times, no, no I'm joking. <laughs> Sakaka, Sakaka, Sakaka. <laughs> no. Um, but uh, there's a there's a beautiful cathedral here in Barcelona called the La uh, Sacrada Familia, and I went to see it. But honestly, I just didn't care about paying to go inside um, because I'm like it's just another cathedral. I don't really you know care that much to go inside it. So the tourist stuff kind of loses its you know its its spunk. Even sometimes the partying can lose its its favor because you're like, wow, I'm just I'm just partying all the time what the hell's the point it's the same thing all the time. A lot of the stuff that's really exciting at the beginning becomes just it's a it's like a repeat. And that especially is the case with meeting people. It can sometimes become a repeat. But getting back to your thing about, you know, seeing landscapes and stuff, I think it's definitely over romanticized. And as you go on more and more you realize that it's more unique experiences with people and Things you can't experience anywhere that's what really makes the trip really good so for example for me seeing the sunrise on the beach of Barcelona that means a lot more to me than seeing the beautiful architecture the architecture is nice but the sunset or the sunrise sorry with people that means a lot more
1: yeah on well, this like once you've seen one cathedral you see them all you know um, yeah to some yeah. extent it's yeah. more about the draw the, the the culture and the people the food the music
0: yeah, I was, uh, I was actually going to ask, like from the stories you've told us right now as well as some of the stories you've told us off the podcast, it sounds like you've actually been really good with uh, making new friends really quickly in like hostels and wherever you go. So like for someone, uh, if someone wanted to travel alone and they need some help uh, trying to meet new friends, what would you suggest for them?
2: Um, anyone who's done pickup or game is going to have a huge advantage because you have gone over a lot of, uh, or you'll be able to kind of talk yourself through a lot of social anxiety stuff, which is very helpful, because if you haven't done any of that, or you can't do it, you'll be in kind of a tougher, tougher shape. I mean, when you're on a vacation, you're kind of like, oh, I'm on vacation mode, I'm not gonna see these people again, it doesn't fucking matter. But for some people, it can be very tough. And especially if you hear people talking a different language, and you, you you just get scared Because you're like, oh, I don't know these people and stuff But tips I have will be One, wherever you are You must learn at least 10 common words in the local language uh, And this is, has many Benefits. One, it gives you a lot more Respect, so if you go into a Store and you start speaking the local language It doesn't have to be anything crazy It's just like, hello, how are you And I want, you know, something Like I want um, Some ice cream whatever it doesn't matter they're going to respect you a lot more and then if you tell them oh my spanish or my german isn't that great then they'll be happy that you at least try and compared to being some fucking random tourist who acts all entitled like you, they should speak english that's that's actually very offensive to people so well, learn yeah, a few man. words for learn sure. a few words in the local language
1: yeah for sure i think that just basic assimilation is an important because if you look at it like uh from a sociological point of view, you, you're coming into, you're a foreign uh, species or, you know, foreign person coming into a culture, a society, and automatically the reaction is to reject you. But if you try to assimilate, if you try to fit in with the local, the customs, then they're going to be more comfortable and they're going to accept you more. It's kind of like for me, when I, when I first moved to Canada, I made, a I made a conscious decision to, you know, adopt Canadian culture. I was, I was like, I'm not going to come here and just hang out with Zambian people and hang out with, you know, the same people I would hang out with back home and not grow. And uh, basically what ended up happening is that I ended, up having, I ended up meeting people and they can't even tell that I'm from another country. And I'm automatically accepted in places where maybe somebody else who just arrived wouldn't be accepted. And I've heard Canadians talk about... Um, certain Canadians talk about how they don't like immigration and they don't like you know people coming into the country and I think the basic reason is because they feel like those people come here and they don't assimilate into the culture like they just want to do their own thing and hang out with their own type of people so in the same way it's just a it's a respect thing I think whenever you go to somebody else's place you have to uh, you have to adjust to their customs just on a basic level and they're going to respect you if you do it for sure
0: yeah. yeah, and it definitely added to my experience when I was traveling around Southeast Asia. Just uh, even learning how to speak a couple basic things in Mandarin Chinese,
1: mm-hmm.
0: it uh, yeah, it just made people so much more friendly around me. And yeah, I think that's really good that you you made an effort to learn some language.
2: Yeah, and uh, going off Mocha's point, uh, I'm trying to remember, yeah, so the, the talking about assimilation and people not being friendly. One of the things Paris is known for, Paris-France, is that um, the locals are very unfriendly to tourists. Mm-hmm. And that's because a lot of tourists come there and they're very entitled. They just shove English down these Parisians' throats and then they're like, fuck you, we, we don't like you. Mm-hmm. You, learn a bit of, you learn a bit of French, uh, they see that you're trying to kind of get into the culture and they'll start you know, warming up to you. Now, I was lucky because I know French, but you know, it's very important. Um, some other things though about, you know, traveling alone, you, if you're walking around a lot of stuff, you're going to want pictures, right? And you're either going to have to do the selfie option, or you're going to have to go up to people and ask for pictures. Mm -hmm. There's nothing wrong with saying, you know, Hey, I'm traveling alone. I'm from X place. Can you take a picture for me? Uh, most people are going to be more than happy. Of course, judge the person you're asking because you don't want them to run off with your camera <laughs> but you know
1: I think it's uh that.
2: you know yeah so that's something now when it comes to hostels hostels I've met okay I've met so many people 99% of the people I've met have been super friendly open minded and want to meet people as well and they're really easy there's like a few standard questions that you can ask which get annoying because you go through it again and again and again and again but it's very easy to start a conversation that way. And the questions are, where are you from? Where are you going? How long are you here for? What are you doing? Did you just graduate? You know, These very basic questions about trips are very easy ways to start conversations. And if you want to meet people, that's how you do it. Now, other things that you can do are that you should not be afraid, and you'll actually be looked up to if you Decide you want to go somewhere and then you invite people like when I was in Berlin. I talked to a bunch of locals I talked to people at the front desk to find out clubs to go to and then in my head. I'm like, okay I'm gonna go to this club, but I know I'm gonna have a better time if I invite people So I just walked into the common room like hey guys I'm going clubbing at this place if you want to come tell me we're gonna leave at this time And we'll all go out together and I arranged like a group of eight people to go out excuse me to this mega club in berlin which is a really fun time so don't be afraid to you know try and get something together or even if you hear that something's going on invite yourself out to it because most people are friendly and then the worst case is they'll say like oh no sorry we want to hang out alone and you'll be like okay no big deal and then you can you know find something else to do um let's see what else about meeting people i think those are those are the main things and uh, just one other point though is that if you feel like you're kind of getting overburdened with meeting people and you're just tired of socializing there's nothing wrong with you know staying in one night and just watching a movie or just hanging out by yourself and showing out it's better to be re-energized especially as an introvert and then able to go socialize again versus just trying to ram social socializing around your throat you know every single night you don't have to do that and it's going to get exhausting if you do it so
1: overall uh, what would you recommend to people who are going to travel in in Europe or something do you think they should spend more time in one city or do you think they should uh, do what you did which was like Bouncing to multiple countries different cities because I mean I think most people when they think about doing a year trip They do the backpacking thing where they just go and spend two days in one city and two days in another city And what do you what yeah. do you think?
2: Well, what I tried to do was I tried to do a blend. I actually stayed a week in most cities um, So I was backpacking and moving around but I was doing it much slower than most people do And I'm gonna tell you right now if you Backpack and you travel Every two to three days you're gonna be exhausted Traveling is exhausting. You're not going to be able to see anything or you're going to be so rushed. And also, if you wake up hungover one day and you lose a the day, then you've lost a lot of sightseeing if you want to do that. So I recommend highly staying in one place longer versus shorter. Now, for my trip, I'm very happy that even with the staying in a city per week, I got to see a lot of cities because I got to learn a lot. I met a lot of people. And I've learned about different cultures and countries I might want to go back to. But the next time I travel, I'm going to go somewhere and stay there for a while. So I'll either work somewhere for a long time or I'll go to one city and stay there for like a month. Because then you can build better relationships. It's not just um, five-minute friends. But it also depends on your goals. So some people, when they travel, their goals are, I want to get fucking drunk every night and I want to party. If that's your goal, then the one or two days per city thing works fine. if you want to see more stuff, you want to take it slower, you want to have at least more culture, you want to try more food, then the longer you stay, the more enriching your experience is going to be, for sure. Uh, that's something I've seen. Um, yeah, that would kind of be my, my summary. If you want an enriching depth experience, then stay longer. If you want to do more partying, then I you could probably get away the shorter thing.
1: Alright, so just uh, I think final question, just to wrap it up, What uh, if there's two things, what would you change about the trip, and then what has been your favorite learning experience from the trip?
2: Actually, I'm going to reframe the last question a bit. I would like to kind of list off a few top things that I've learned, uh, just because I think it will be really good for people listening to see what you can gain from traveling. Is that cool with you? uh
0: wait well, you you cut out there for a second what would you say
2: i said uh the last question the top learning experience i kind of want to list just a few key points that i've learned just to show people kind of you know what i've learned and what you can gain from traveling yeah yeah of course go through it okay um but i'm sorry mocha what was the what was the first thing you asked the
1: first question was if there was anything you could change about the trip what would you change oh and then the second question was yeah favorite learning experience
2: Anything I could change. Um, If you could go
1: back knowing what you know now, what would you do differently?
2: You know what? I would uh, not really make much of an itinerary because my itinerary kind of got built as I traveled. I had a rough idea, but all the research I did about like all these things to see in all these cities have changed as I went. And it's something that I read on a lot of forums when I was planning, but I didn't really understand it because I hadn't traveled, I think that would be one of the main things is to um, really, you need to have a rough idea of where you're going, not where you start, where you end, but as you're traveling, you know, you kind of have to let go of control and let things happen. Now, the, I guess the caveat to that is that if you're traveling during high time, like summer, hostels get booked up quick. And you'll have to do a bit of advanced planning, but the point is not to do such advanced planning that you plan out the whole trip and then you're stuck to something and you can't really change it. So be kind of lax on your itinerary, though have an idea of where you're going. I think that would be the main point. Now, in terms of top learning experiences, um, there's a lot, personally, that I've learned. Um one, from being in self-reliance and self-confidence because when you're going to different cities and different countries, you're learning new languages and you're trying to, you know, figure out metro systems really quickly, it's actually really impressive if you look back on it because a lot of people can't travel, they can't handle it, especially on their own. Uh, if you're traveling with people, obviously you're still getting that experience because you have to learn all these things very quickly, but you're able to rely on someone else. So going back to the point about traveling alone... You should I myself have learned, and I feel much more confident that I've been able to do all this kind of stuff um, second thing is In terms of taking things too seriously, I've learned I take things way too seriously So I've learned to let go of really small things and even things that seem quote-unquote big are not so big Like I dropped my cell phone in a sink and it's not working right now. I've actually gone cell phoneless. less for the, first, or for the past two weeks.
1: Well, but also did, worst
2: case, something...
1: You also did that yeah? uh, Timothy Ferris' uh, no complaints challenge, right?
2: Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'll talk about that as well. Um, but uh, the, the cell phone dropped in the sink and something Ash told me before I left was, in most cases, the worst case scenario is everything can be solved with money. So, yeah, it sucks that I might have killed my cell phone. But it's like, okay, I can pay you know, 100 bucks and get a nice used cell phone, it's not a big deal. And going off Mocha's point, something that I noticed about myself was I complain a lot, which is useless. It just takes up mental energy. There's no point. So Tim uh, Ferris has this this uh, experiment he talks about called the No Complaint Experiment. And what it is is that anytime you have a complaint, you have to make it so that you have a positive action item on it. Otherwise, you have to start all over again. You're supposed to do this for three weeks. So, if you go to the example he gives is that if you go to a post office, you complain about the line being long, then you're done. Like right? that—that's—that's that's the end of the no complaint experiment. You have to start again. But if you go go there, you complain about the line being long, and you're like, "Oh, so I should come very early when there's no one there?" Then you have an action item, and it actually changes your psychology to give you steps to change things if you complain and i saw that really happen because for example the cell phone thing automatically when it happens yeah i was pissed off but my brain's like okay so next time this is how you avoid this situation this is what happens and also because of positive framing, i'm like well at least i still have my passport i'm still healthy it's just a cell phone who cares it's not then, a big deal. didn't get reaped. right didn't get raped exactly so really (laughs) yeah don't don't sweat the small stuff for sure um those are definitely some things Those are the main things that are coming to my mind right now there's been a lot more things but i can't remember them right now i think most of the other things are just more personal like being uh, i know it sounds so airy fairy but Traveling is romanticized because a lot of people say you learn a lot about yourself. It's very true. I've learned things about being happy with who I am, being accepting myself. And uh, one of the other big things is that when you're traveling alone, I think you get to learn a lot about your psychology. So with my past, I've learned that I compare a lot to other people. And one thing I just decided, it's actually in the last few weeks, or last few days really, was I'm not going to fucking compare myself to anyone, because there's no fucking point. I am who I am, and I can only compare myself to my past. And doing that, I've been a lot happier. And I've also kind of, I've actually stopped posting a lot of stuff on Facebook, for example, because Facebook now, I just see as a source of external validation, which I don't really need. And yeah, I could go on and on about these things, but I think uh, that's a conversation that we can have when I get back that will span a lot.
0: Yeah, uh, I think that we'll definitely have to have a post trip uh, podcast to talk about everything that you've uh, everything you've taken away from it and how it feels to be back home. And just remember, I got a bed Absolutely. open for you in my place that you to be sleeping in for a week. You mean you
1: you place in your place? 1st
2: I'm getting I'm getting excited. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, one thing I definitely want to finish off with though is that. I believe that everyone should travel, and if you aren't traveling or you haven't traveled, you're really missing out. No matter what you do, even if you do the two-day backpacking thing, you just want to party, at least go out and see some other parts of the world, because if you don't, you're really missing out.
1: Yeah, people you need to grow. It makes you into a more well-rounded person, and it opens up your mind to different experiences. I mean, a lot of times... Uh, the reason why people get upset or insecure about certain things is basically ignorance. And, you know, the more you travel, the more you meet people around the world and experience different uh, cultures, you're less likely to feel intimidated by new things, you know, by new experiences, by changing jobs, by, you know, the ending of a of a relationship and, you know, all these different things that you might moving to a different city. Like, it's not going to be as scary because you start to realize that you know, change is good, and uh, seeing different things just makes you more confident about what you can do. Interacting with different people from different cultures makes you more confident about yourself, Yeah, you know?
0: mm-hmm. Yeah, I gotta say, I'm really proud of you, buddy, for taking this leap and traveling. You just sound, uh, you sound so much more, I guess you
1: could say, chilled out. Yeah, you sound more confident and less, uh, less jui. <laughs> <laughs> i think uh, i think it's a good place to end it at
0: yeah uh, i think this has been a very informative podcast uh unfortunately
2: ash yeah yeah unfortunately uh ash can you hear me yeah yeah i can hear you what's up yeah sorry you you actually just cut out there what did you just say
0: Oh uh, yeah, no. I was just uh, I was just saying how proud I was of you for uh, traveling and going through all these experiences. Don't worry, you can you can listen to the podcast and you'll hear my my little rant. That and I, I made, made a racist, racist comment. As yeah, well. maybe maybe a racist comment by a fucking <laughs> this fucking Mocha over here. Oh, <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> Yo, why, why you have to take it to race, man? This Mocha, like holy shit! Yeah, man, yeah. Ash has all this subversive yeah. uh... that he's been pulling on me these days. <laughs>
2: Yeah, I have to. I have to say though that I'm. I, thank you, Ash. But I'm. I'm really proud of myself too. And yeah, I'll. I'll have a lot of stuff I'll have to tell you guys off and on podcasts about uh, all these different stories and things I've learned.
1: Yeah, for sure. All right, so I guess we're gonna wrap it up there. Great podcast, guys. You know, I'm sure there's a lot of gems in there. And uh, for more content, of course, go to RedPillGen.com article's up. I'm probably going to write an article soon about the reason the why everybody should work abroad. I think it's, it's still in the works. The title's still in the making, but I think it's going to be a good, uh, good post. And, of course, we've got uh, Twitter, at Red Pill Gen, and uh, Facebook as well. Red Pill Gen as well on Facebook, uh, the Red Pill Generation on Facebook. And, uh, any questions if you want to send any emails or uh, blog suggestions? Uh, you can email us at, uh, at redpillgen at gmail.com dot com. Yeah, can uh, look out for new podcasts, new articles. By the way, Tess, what's up with your article? They lied to me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Should be the, the bonus content. To the to bonus move. content. Yeah, I'm just yeah, going to tease Yeah, yeah.
0: did you uh, <laughs> did you see what I wrote in your uh, in the Squarespace thing? No, what you write? Oh no, there was like you know you can uh, like it's crowd editing, so like we can all edit each other's posts, and you just yeah. wrote this really uh, this post that said they lied to me.
1: They told and then, me, and they lied.
0: Yeah, no content <laughs> in it, and I, I just wrote in there. And they, they told me I was I was straight. <laughs> they lied.
1: Or some bullshit like that. <laughs> they lied. Them <I'm> gay.
0: <laughs> so it's uh, it's up for submission on the Red Pill Generation. Yeah, so you might I'll.
2: I'll, I'll give a bit of a uh, a bit of a teaser as to what my first article that I'm, write, I, I'm writing um, it's pretty much the basic philosophy of the Red Pill and the Red Pill generation. You know, when you take the Red Pill, you're looking at how society has built up this this phenomenon about how you and men and every everyone is supposed to act. You know. Whether it's, you know, how you go through school, how you get your job, how you retire when you're 65, how you're supposed to behave with women, what you're supposed to say. Um, if you say something that's impolite or rude, if you suppress your desires, all that. And when you take the red pill, what happens? All right. Pretty much Sounds good. you have been lied to, but and it's going to talk about that and my personal experiences.
1: Yeah, it sounds, sounds like good. it's going to be great. Oh, so, and a little side
0: note, uh, me and uh, me and cafe over here, we've been trying not to kiss each other's entire podcast because the, the angle we're sitting, our heads are pretty close. So. <laughs> there's been a couple cautionary glances yeah, at each of, other. There's a lot of borderline
1: border stuff going on right here. The mic is shaped yeah. like a penis. Yeah. <laughs> the mic is, I think every microphone yeah. professional.
2: Uh, is I just shaped. got a very, very graphic graphic image in my head so we basically Uh, got a
1: penis in between me and ash's face and then me and ash are like inches away from each other yeah it's like like if we turned our heads
0: both at the same time we'd be just we'd be just just a little jump away
1: from i don't think i think he's hinting (laughs) i feel like we're close to you no home i have to throw it it off Uh, there. come (laughs) on show me
0: those pepperoni nipples (laughs) Uh, but yeah, let's. Uh, maybe we'll do another podcast with you before before Yeah, peace.
2: Take Later.